Over 20 years ago, I was injured on the job, which left me with a severe permanent disability. It forced me to discover my true passion and purpose. It wasn't until I started my direct sales business and later became one of the company's gratitude ambassadors that I realized I am a giver, a humanitarian, a cheerleader, and have a deep desire to inspire others. I had no idea it was possible to have a bigger impact until I launched my podcast to inspire others to live their passion, reclaim their purpose, and be open to so many possibilities. I am your host, Candace Snyder, and this is the Passion, Purpose, and Possibilities Podcast. Welcome to the Passion, Purpose, and Possibilities podcast. Today, I welcome back Nancy Paradise. Nancy is the database manager at Special Olympics Minnesota. She was crowned Mrs. Minnesota International 2004. She's been married to her husband, Francois, almost 42 years and is the mother of four grown children and the nana to five grandchildren. And in 2020, she went back to school to complete her degree in health sciences. Welcome back, Nancy. Thanks, Candace. It's great to be back and you, you do such a great job. Thank you. Nancy was part of our podcast launch. And if you missed it, go back and listen to episode eight, where we talked about how Nancy was able to find her passion and her purpose and how she's been able to combine the two. Awesome. So tell us the story of how you decided to be a contestant in the Mrs. Minnesota pageant and how it led to your work with the Special Olympics. Well, it's a crazy story because I was never a pageant person. And I got a little postcard in the mail one year inviting me to, to enter the Mrs. Minnesota International Pageant. And I didn't even know what that was. And my girlfriends were here um, and, they, and I got the mail and they're like, oh, you have to do it. You have to do it. I'm like, I've never done a pageant. Why would I do it now as Mrs. Minnesota whatever? And so I, I, they talked me into it. I sent in the application. A week later, I got the letter back saying, we're so sorry. We already have a Mrs. Apple Valley because you first get the city title and then you run for the state. And, and I'm like, well, total loser because I can't even get a title that I don't even have to run in a pageant for. And so I'd get the postcard every year and I'd throw it in the garbage. And then one year I took it out and I go, I should check out the website because I really didn't know what it was. I didn't understand it. And I checked and it was all about marriage and family and community service. And there was no swimsuit. <laughs> so I was like, okay, maybe I should do this. And I, cause I, I mean, my dream as a little girl was always to be a model. I'm five foot 11. So I thought, you know, when you're tall, you should be able to be a model and all this, but of course I never did that. So I thought, okay, let's just do it again. But I didn't tell a soul. I just sent in the application, didn't tell my husband, didn't tell anybody. So I thought if I get, you know, the other loser letter, I'm going to be embarrassed, you know? Well, two weeks later, I get home from school. I was a para at the time at my son's elementary school for the special ed. And I don't get this thick envelope. And it says, congratulations, you're Mrs. Apple Valley 2003. I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I going to tell my husband? <laughs> and so it, it, he wasn't exactly thrilled at the time because he thought it was going to take time away from us. And, and so I thought, okay, he's, he's not really thrilled about this. So I got ready for the pageant. I didn't know what I was doing. I bought a gown for $300. I didn't know when we were buying $3,000 gowns, and, but it was a perfect gown for me. And I went that first year and just um, because my, I chose Special Olympics as my 
platform, even though I still wasn't that involved, I was volunteering a little bit, but I wasn't, you know, working there or anything. Um, but I got there, I went to meet the president and she totally was supportive of knowing that there was somebody running for Mrs. Minnesota that was going to advocate for their organization. So she, she loved it and she supported me in the program and everything. And I got first runner up because 50% of our score was about our platform. And because it was personal with my brother and, uh, and having that support and I didn't know what I was doing. I still got first runner up. I'm like, okay, that was kind of cool. I was thrilled, you know, but my husband, he actually had a great time because during the evening gown, the husband's got to escort their wives on stage and then their voiceover, they would record something in their voiceover of their husband saying why they were so proud of their wife. And he, with his little French accent, he was just so excited. And so when I got first run up, he says, well, Nancy, you must do this again. <laughs> I'm like, what? So he encouraged me to run one more time. And I go, honey, just because I got first run up doesn't mean I'm going to win next year. <laughs> so, but I you know, learned to be more confident. I was speaking in front of many more groups that next year. And so I was able to really um, be more, show my passion a lot more because I wasn't speaking about myself. I was speaking about the athletes and my brother. And I went that next year with a lot more confidence and just a calmness about myself. And I just felt, okay, God's going to either have me get this title or not. And it's okay either way. And when I, when I won, it was very exciting. It was the most amazing year that I've ever done. My youngest son was 14 that summer and got to come to all these events with me as this is Minnesota. And by the end of the summer, he was opening doors for me and carrying my bags. And it was was really, really cool. And the, and the athletes, I would go to the different competitions with my crown and banner. And now it's been 18 years, right? Since I've had that title and athletes will still come up to me and they'll, Nancy, where's your crown? (laughs) So they loved it. And it was just so to be able to, again, combine and to, and to realize that I could bring that into this um, world that I wanted to be in. So the um, president at the time, she's no longer there, but she invited me to be on the board of directors. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm not this like big corporate person that can bring in all these thousands of dollars of donations, but she wanted that person on the board that was engaged with the organization volunteering and, and giving with their time. And so I was on the board for five years. And then this position came open on staff that was like, me, the whole description was all my, my skill set, And so I went and interviewed and I don't think, I don't even know if they interviewed anybody else. Cause they were so like, you really want to work for us? You know, cause they never had a board member want to come and be on staff. And uh, so yeah, it's been my dream job now. And actually yesterday was my 14th anniversary of working at Special Olympics, Minnesota. <laughs> Happy anniversary. <laughs> Thank you. What an amazing story. Yeah, it was really because the president at the time even sent me a dozen white roses when I won the title of Mrs. Minnesota. So they were, I was, it was, they were so supportive and so excited to have somebody going all around Minnesota talking about Special Olympics. And I love how your husband was so supportive of that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He totally turned around. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That is awesome. So I don't think everybody knows how. Special Olympics actually got started. So maybe you can give us a little bit of background on Special Olympics. Yes. So um, very much, but with the the Kennedy families very involved, Eunice Kennedy Shriver um, was the founder. She started with some um, just activities in her backyard because they have had a sister, Rose, that has had, um, you know, brain damage. 
And so she was very passionate about that. And then she realized that she had these activities that was sports in her backyard with these um, people with intellectual disabilities that they were feeling more confident. And she saw this sports could really make a difference in their life. So 1968 was their first uh, national games in Chicago. And that's when she um, started the oath for the athletes. They start with every competition. They start with the oath, you know, let me win. But if I cannot win, let me be brave in the attempt. And every, every competition starts with that ever since 1968, when, when Eunice started that um, state game or national games with that. So she's, um, you know, she's, she's not with us anymore, but she's very much still part of it. Tim Shriver is still, um, his, her son is still part of the organization at the national level. And uh, I've met him in person, very, very passionate as much as his mother is for this, for this organization. And um, now we're in, let's see, uh, 201 countries. I had to write it down on a piece of paper so I wouldn't forget. Um, and then a big movement now is the unified, unified movement of having the inclusion and being together. So we have over 46,000 unified schools all over the country. So where they're bringing in um, inclusion with having te sports teams and organizations where the they're, they're combined with a, a partner that doesn't have an intellectual disability. So that's huge that they're being, now you're seeing, you know, prom queens and kings that have Down syndrome, you know, things like that. So it's just amazing how, how this generation is becoming more, much more inclusive to this population. Because uh, I should backtrack a little bit back in the 60s. So my brother was born in 66. And by 1968, before he was two years old, they diagnosed him as minimal brain damage. He had, had high fevers and seizures. And at that time, the doctor told my parents to put him in an institution. And that's what they did, you know? And so thank goodness my parents said, forget it, no way. And, um, you know, he would, he'd be a vegetable today if they had done that. And so they followed their heart and realized that he had a lot more um, purpose in life than just being in an institution. So um, and to backtrack a little bit there. Um, the other thing that was very strong with Special Olympics is our health screenings. So we have over 15,000 screenings all over the country that for, for hearing, for eyes, we have the, the lions um, all over the, the world do an opening eyes health screening at our um, state competitions. And they actually give, make glasses right on the spot at there and, and the athletes get them for free. The screening is free. The glasses are free. Um, Starkey has been a big, huge partner where they give free hearing aids for our athletes. So those health screens are really important because a lot of our athletes don't have good medical coverage. And um, so it's just a, an amazing organization for this for this population. So that's kind of the, the history of it. And we have over 3.2 million athletes worldwide and over 4 million athletes, coaches and volunteers um, total all over the all over the world. I'm so glad I asked you about the background <laughs> because there were so many things I didn't know. And I'm right. sure a lot of other people don't know. We just know like the gist of Special Olympics. Right. Really not know about all those other things that Special Olympics does mm -hmm. for people of this population. Exactly. And that's amazing. I think it's amazing. And you use one of my favorite words. Yes. <laughs> so and my feeling, my personal feeling is we all have a purpose. We just have to figure out what it is. Right. And I'm so happy to hear that you and your brother have such a close bond that you were able to help him find his purpose. Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. Like, and I, 
I'm just, I'm just sad that my dad isn't here in person to, to be here, but he is here there in spirit. We know that. Absolutely. <laughs> I feel that, um, you know, those that are closest to us that are no longer with us. Right. Our little angels up there. Exactly. Around, seeing what's going on. Right. So I want to ask you, I know we, I think on our last, ep, you know, on our mini episode, we chatted briefly about the polar plunge and yes, I know nobody can see you right now because they're all audio, <laughs> but you have your polar plunge shirt on. Can you share about that um, event that's part of the special Olympics? Absolutely. So it's, it's definitely Minnesota's. I know some of the States do it, but I only know about our state and what we do. And it's definitely our biggest fundraiser for the year. And so back in 2003, I think was the first year I plunged. I was, I was Mrs. Apple Valley. I plunged with my little crown on. It was hilarious. And I plunged for 17 years after that. Then I said, I told my brother, I'm retiring. I'm, I'm 60 years old and I don't want to plunge into a frozen lake anymore. So, but I probably plunged over 50 times. And, but my brother decided that he was going to start plunging in 2009. And so we got a team together. He had some buddies come and do it with us. And, and one of our, our, our team queen that year for Mrs. For Miss um, Team Minnesota, she came and plunged with us in her little bikini. It was hilarious. And, uh, but he got, he ended up in the hospital right before it with his appendix almost burst. <laughs> So, so he couldn't, I, so of course I joked with, I go to the seam in the hospital. I go, Dave, if you didn't want to plunge, you didn't have to do this. <laughs> so he's, he's trying to laugh and he's in pain, you know? So, but he still was able, my mom and my, my husband went and picked him up my, and my mom and brought them to the plunge that day to watch us plunge in honor of him. So we caught, we got t-shirts with his name on it and, you know, said we were plunging for him. And so then, but the next year, 2010 on, he has plunged every year, except for these last two years with COVID, of course, but uh, he's plunged over 160 times. I believe it's almost 170. And so um, I, I did promise him that if he gets to 200, I will put on a darn tutu again and plunge into a frozen lake on his 200th plunge. So I'm kind of hoping that he doesn't make it, but so, I have a feeling he um, will. <laughs> I do too. I'm kind of worried about it. Um, but he's, um, he's so passionate about it and he's one of our super plungers. So we have a plunge in Rochester, Minnesota every year that this group of, um, started out with some law enforcement people and they've added a couple more and they invited Dave kind of adopted him. He's the only athlete that's been doing this. He's done it five years in a row where they plunged 24 times in 24 hours insane. So there's my poor mother and I every hour running out to watch Dave plunge into a stupid frozen lake. <laughs> and she, and I'd be taking the pictures and she'd come out and be watching her son walk, jump into a lake. So they would do about 20 the first night. Um, like they do start with doing one an hour and then they do like three an hour. So they try to get 20 done by 10 o'clock that night. Then they get a break and go back to the hotel and sleep go back in the morning and finish a couple more and then do the 24th plunge um, in front of the whole uh, regular plunge that they like an opening ceremonies. And um, he just, he loved it. And so they, the super plungers have to raise $3,000 individually in order to have the privilege of jumping 24 times in 24 hours, which seems kind of crazy. So the first year he did it, he's like, 
Nancy, I, there's no way I'll raise $3,000. You know, but they want me to plunge with them. I go, Dave, you're one of our athletes. They're not, if you don't make the 3000, they're still going to let you plunge. So don't worry about it. He ended up going to speak at a company downtown Minneapolis that gave him a $5,000 check to plunge. So he ended up raising $9,000 that first year individually. That's amazing. So he's, it was amazing. So he's, he, that's, he's so passionate about it and, but it is crazy. And I, oh my gosh, there have been some years it was below zero and some years it was maybe 30 or 40, but it doesn't matter because the water is still only like 34 degrees, <laughs> no matter what the air temperature is. Um, so there've been some years where like, what are we doing? It's crazy. But this year, um, so we kind of, we're all kind of in, in this pre-COVID, post-COVID, you know, comparison. And so right before um, we got shut down in March of 2020, we had to just cancel one last plunge that weekend. But we'd had a pretty good season already because they go from January to March. We have like three plunges every, every weekend. So we ended up raising 4.1 million that year. So we kind of, we're kind of comparing what we can do this year. Well, with thir- we have two, we had 2,000 fewer plungers so people plunging, then they, we did that one year when we did 4.1 million, we've already hit 4 million for this plunge season with 2000 fewer plungers, which is crazy, which means people are donating more. So, yeah. So it's, it's just, we have such generous donors and such generous plungers that come year after year with their crazy costumes. And they just, they're so passionate about it. And uh, so now we're trying to, we, and teams can, our delegations can plunge. So they, we have a lot of athletes now that are plunging for their teams and then they can, rev, we revenue share with the teams and they get 50% of whatever they raise um, from the state office. So um, it's really helped our local teams have better funding and, and really helped everything all around. I love the dedication of the athletes and the donors. Oh, exactly. You know? Exactly. And, you know, we say this, phrase all the time, but it really does take a village. Oh, for sure. Done. And I love this organization. I really do. I think it's so important. I want to know if you can give us the link on how people can support the Special Olympics. Definitely. So for Minnesota, it's specialolympicsminnesota.org, all written out, or you can put in s-o-m-n.org. And then for the national office, it's just specialolympics.org. Okay, perfect. So I'm going to turn the tide on you a little bit here, going in a different direction. Okay. So you and Francois have been married for almost 42 years. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, I listened to (laughs) an interview you did with a friend, and it was so touching. I really got teary. So when we talk about, you know, there's different kinds of passion and purpose and possibilities, but what is something in your marriage that you do to keep like the passion alive? Because 42 years of marriage, that's, that's a long time. It is. And we kind of joke about it because we're also, there's 12 years in between us. I was 19 and he was 31 when he asked me to marry him. And then, so I was 20 when I got married and it, you know, we, and we love, we've raised a beautiful family. That was definitely, that started, that brings our passion because we're, we're both so in love with our family. We're so proud of our children and our grandchildren. And so that's part of it that keeps us together for sure is our family. 
Um, and he, he's in the restaurant business. So we kind of joke about it that the reason we've been able to stay together for 42 years is because he's gone a lot, (laughs) but we're just joking. We're just joking. Um, but, um, so even now, so he's, he's going to be 75 in May. And so he's still working full-time 60 hours a week. It's crazy. He's off on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So those are our nights together. So that's kind of become his weekend. So those are the kind of the nights I kind of make sure I don't have things scheduled, uh, even though I have another business also. And, um, and that's our time to make sure we have a nice dinner together, whether it's going out to a restaurant or um, he loves to cook for me. So he'll make, you know, dinner for me. And cause he knows I'm, I, I've been working all day on those days that he's off. So I come home from work and he loves to spoil me and make dinner. And he's, he's, I'm very blessed because he, loves me so much. <laughs> he just, he would do anything for me. I'm very, very lucky to have someone that has so much love and support for me. So that, uh-huh. but yeah, we, we're, we, uh, we have a trip that we're planning just last night. We found out that our, our favorite priest, Father Charlie Lockowitzer is going to Rome in 2025 and he's the guide. So we're, um, we're going to start saving now for that trip to go. Cause we've ne- I've never been there and he's been, but not with me. And so um, that we have looked forward to doing. And our trips to Paris are always, of course, our favorite things to do. I'm, I love Paris. And to be able to go with somebody that grew up there and we can go as a tourist and go to the fun, you know, I have to go to the Eiffel Tower whenever we go, of course. Um, but then we, we're there to be with family and again. But, um, but that's, we always have at least one day when we're in Paris where we go, okay, we love you, family. But the two of us are going to go have a day together, just the two of us. And that we make sure and do that all the time. That's great. You're going to love Rome. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> we'll have to talk after you have that trip. So we can like compare notes. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> okay. So um, you mentioned you have another business and I know that it's in direct sales. And so I have a question for you around that. Mm-hmm. What is the one thing that you love about being in direct sales? Well, I have a history of one company for 18 years and that I totally was the personal growth I gained from that was incredible. In fact, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have run for Mrs. Minnesota if I hadn't been in that company for 18 years. Cause that gave me the confidence to speak in front of people and, and do that. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm actually a huge introvert. <laughs> I was extremely shy all through high school. And so for me to be you know, running for a pageant for Mrs. Minnesota was crazy, but that direct sales company gave me that personal growth and it was amazing. Um, now the one that I'm with now, um, I don't sell anything, which is awesome, but I just advertise for this company and it's, um, it's, I can see now what it's going to help me realize my dream for the future of what I can have with Francois when we retire. Oh, that's awesome. Love that. Direct sales too. Be whatever you want it to be. Right? Exactly. I love the real, and I love the relationship building that you have with, with this, um, having this kind of business like this, it's all about the relationship. Okay. So on this podcast, I like to ask my guests what I call the three P's it's there are three questions around passion, purpose, and possibility. Mm -hmm. Are you ready for those? Okay. I'm ready. (laughs) So the first one is, what is something you're passionate about that most people don't know about you? So I was thinking about this and I think 
I have a couple answers, but I think I'm going to stick with the one. Um, I love to row. So I I'm, have an indoor rower. And I didn't know I loved to row until I joined Orange Theory Gym back um, oh, in 2014. And I was a member for six years. I was the first one in our studio to reach a thousand classes. I mean, I was completely addicted because I never was an athlete growing up. And I, for once in my life, felt like I was an athlete. And so, and I loved the rower. And so when COVID came and I had to, um, ended up canceling my membership there because they couldn't get enough people in. But our CEO of our company where I'm with um, my direct sales, he offered us to buy this concept to rower through their company that he bought a whole bunch of them that he was going to give it to let us buy it for a really special price. I'm like, oh, I love to row. So I uh, got it last January. So January 2021, about the 5th of January. And my goal was to row a million meters by December 31st. And by December 30th, I reached that goal. Amazing. <laughs> so, I know. So my new goal, my new passion. So the Concept 2 Rower company has a, their season goes from May 1st to April 30th. So now my new goal is because my lifetime is now over a million. But for this season, I'm only at 800,000 still. So I have until April 30th. So I need, I need people to push me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to do 200,000 meters by April 30th. So that's a lot in 30 days. <laughs> so um, I think it's like over 5,000 a day, but I can do it. I probably have to do like a, a half marathon one of those days. But so my passion right now by April 30th is to reach that million meters for the season. And I, I love rowing. It's so It's an all over body workout that I can do right here in my home and um, so that that's right now, that's my passion <laughs> that people might not know about. <laughs> that was perfect timing that you could get one. Yes, absolutely. And are you sharing? I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, but are you sharing your goal like on social media? Because that's where the best cheerleaders are. I know. So, so when I, when I was finishing up my goal for this by December 31st, I was doing that, but I have, you're right. I have to do that again for this last 30 days. And I'm going to start doing that. I would, I would do a, a story on Facebook and let people know what, show them what my goal, what I had done that day and what am I, how many more I had. So you're, thank you for reminding me that I have to do that. Yeah. That I think will give you that push. Yes. You know, I would need the push. <laughs> I <know. laughs> like that. No, in fact, after I get off this um, podcast, I'm probably going to go do some rowing. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The next question is, what is the definition of purpose for you? So I thought about that too. So definition of purpose for me is to find out what, how you can get to the best version of yourself and what you think God's will is for you in your, in your life. So I kind of joke about, I used to pray, God, if I'm not going down the path you want me to go down, would you just hit me with a two by four? Because sometimes I'm a little slow. <laughs> you want me to do. So I call these, I call certain events, my two by fours. And so that's, um, so that's, I think that's going to help you live your purpose when you realize what, where God wants you to go and what he wants you to do with your life. I love it. Okay. And the last one is, is there a dream, a vision or a possibility that you have that hasn't come to fruition yet? Absolutely. <laughs> that was an easy one for me. 
my husband and I talk about it all the time. So again, at the, the, um, the uh, adventurous age that we're at right now. <laughs> so I'm going to be 63 in August. He's going to be 75 in May. We're both working full-time still, um, especially Francois. I want to be able to help him retire as soon as possible. So our, our goal, our dream is, and I should say it's my dream because I'm just, but I'm trying to convince him that it's his dream too. Um, but we have, our children are spread out all over the place. So my dream is to retire within the next two to three years. And my, our youngest is in Seattle. So then we would travel to Seattle for a few months. Then our oldest is in San Diego. And then so they'll go to San Diego for a month or two. And then one of our, our other daughter is in Albuquerque. So then go to Albuquerque for a while. And then of course his whole family is still in Paris. So of course we'd have to go to Paris for a little while and then keep our home here in Minnesota because I still have one son here with his wife. No grandkids here yet, but I know we will. And it's summers in Minnesota are gorgeous. So we can still spend our summers here and have family come here. And then, but just be able to travel all over and see our children and grandchildren whenever we want to and how forever along that we choose and not worry about having to go back to a job. So that is our, our dream. And so right now his, his new dream was he's so excited about going to Rome in 2025. And he's like, Nancy, I will be 78. So now I know that I'm going to still be alive when I'm 78 because we're going to go. I'm like, of course you're still going to be alive. So this has given him a whole new purpose and a dream to, to think about how we can just, because I looked at him, I go, honey, by then I'll be retired too. We won't have to worry about coming home to a job or not being able to go at a certain time because you know, he was payroll or whatever the reasons were that we had to, we couldn't be gone from our job. So that's our dream is to have that freedom to, to live life, how we want to live it and to be doing what God wants us to do for that purpose. <laughs> Sounds like a perfect plan. <laughs> well, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you. Same, same a here. Lot <laughs> a lot of fun. How can our listeners connect with you? So if you have questions about Special Olympics, feel free to email me at nancy.paradise. And it's spelled P-A-R-A-D-E-I-S-E, the extra E in there. And then that's at S-O-M-N.org. So this specialolympicsminnesota.org. And that's just those initials though. And then if you just have something personally you want to ask me about, am I rowing or, you know, whatever, then it, it's uh, Mrs. Min. So Mrs. Min 04, obviously Mrs. Minnesota 04 at gmail.com. So M-R-S-M-N 04 at gmail.com. And I'd be happy to connect with anybody that would want to. Oh, that's nice. So Anybody out there listening that didn't get a chance to write all that down, no need to worry. It's all in our show notes, the links, how to connect with Nancy, learn more about Special Olympics, got questions for her rowing, she's more than <laughs> happy to answer them, and um, you can connect with myself too. So thank you so much, Nancy, for being here and sharing your story and inspiring others about passion, purpose, and possibilities. Well, thank you, Candace, And thank you for making me remember that we have to all live for that purpose and those possibilities. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, please submit a rating and review and share with a friend. 
This helps us reach more listeners so we can make a bigger impact. From time to time, we share our reviews live on our episode. Your review could be the next one we share. Please head on over to our website, passion, purpose, and possibilities.co to receive a free gift I am waiting for you. And if you heard something today that truly inspired you, I would love to hear about it. You can email me at Candice Snyder at passionpurposeandpossibilities.co. Thank you again for listening.